There are three things that I do every day which changed the game of my body. People ask me all of the time about how much I work out, what I eat, etc., etc. But over the years of healing my own body and working with others, I've learned that the reason so many women are struggling with weight gain and body stuff, especially in perimenopause, is because of their habits. Our habits are things we don't really think about that don't actually even require much energy. They're on autopilot, which is great, except if they are sucking our energy or creating inflammation in our body. Then we don't always recognize the role that we ourselves are playing in our own weight gain or energy suck, which can be frustrating and confusing. I have nights out with friends also. I feel hunger the next day because I'm tired. And yes, I eat junk food but these are once in a while. They don't make my life and aren't actual habits. Sister, it's your small, seemingly insignificant habits that make all of the difference. And for me, my three habits always include this. One, starting my day with greens. Specifically, the greens I love are from Organifi. They give all my listeners a 20% off. If you use my name as a discount code, I'll put the link here in the show notes. It is a simple powder that I put a scoop in a large shaker cup, shake up with ice and water, and drink as the first thing that hits my gut microbiome in the morning. It sets the tone for my day. It nourishes my energy. It nourishes any cravings I might have later. And everyone I know who tries these greens recognizes that they feel a difference in their energy, in their digestion, in their bowels if they struggle with constipation, and definitely in their cravings within three to four days. It's like magic, but it's not. It's a simple habit that sets your tone in your body for the day. My second habit is that I always follow my P4 formula, which keeps me focused on the sleep, mindset, movement, and nutrition habits that create solid health foundations. Remember that a body in chaos will not respond to tactics and trendy hacks. We have to create that foundation. And once you do, you can have vacations, you can have nights out, you can go and do things and live your life without the stress that comes from quote unquote breaking diets or overeating all the time. You know your foundations are there and the moment you go through a period of of excess or enjoyment, you just go right back to those foundations. If you need help with your strategy or you're sick of Googling and trying to piecemeal it together, make sure you join us in the perimenopause posse. It is the cheapest and most affordable way for you to grab my P4 formula, all the strategy, get your questions answered, be supported by other women, have real live coaching calls with me, which costs a lot of money if you wanna work one-on-one with me. So if you're looking for something self-paced, it's going to take all the questions out of this for you. And of course, the third habit I always keep is that I have a coach at all times because mindset is the biggest part of success, period. Whether it's your own growth, whether it's success in business or in your career, whether it's improving yourself as a parent, whether it's in your relationship, or whether it's in your health and your relationship with your body. Having a coach or someone who helps you see outside of the frame of reference is always going to get you there faster. That's why the top most successful people in the world invest in this no matter what, whether they're athletes or business people or any aspect of success you can find period. 
Okay, sisters, let's dive into this episode, but make sure your habits are on point. Swipe up to grab any of the links I talked about and to connect further and make sure you're not wasting your life feeling badly about habits that really can make you feel better than you already do. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey sisters, one of the biggest things that comes out when I talk to you guys one-on-one or in the perimenopause posse about something you are missing that you don't realize is joy and pleasures and self-connection. It's a huge piece of the puzzle for so many women struggling in these, what we'll call, you know, the, the perimenopause years or these hormonally imbalanced years. And what we don't always realize is that along with sleep, pleasure is one of the most powerful ways to reduce cortisol in the body. And cortisol is really the problem that we're struggling with. 90% of women's issues in and the hormonal suffering they're going through in these years up to menopause has everything to do with this elevated cortisol. So if we can take a big bite out of this piece of pie and learn more about pleasure and what it is, why it's there, why we should be going after it and what actually brings us pleasure again, then we can start to find ourselves back in a place where we have consistent energy, where we release unwanted weight if that's what we're looking for. And frankly, where we just feel like ourselves again. My guest today is an expert on this topic. Adrienne Hollister is the host of the Midlife Cravings podcast, where she redefines midlife. At 40, she found herself divorced and a single mama. She did all the things in her 20s and 30s and found herself thinking, now what? (laughs) On her podcast, she openly shares her journey to find out about what is next and, and details all that she craves, especially sex. From relationships to divorce, dealing with dating, building confidence, giving less fucks, she covers how she true how to truly live your best authentic life and even shares all of her famous tips in the bedroom. So get ready. I'm so excited to talk with her today and get her advice on how to add more pleasure and indulge more cravings to our lives. Welcome, Adrian. Bria, thank you so much. You make it sound so awesome. Oh, it is awesome. <laughs> okay, you make it sound so awesome. Love that right? intro. I'm just going to have you follow me around. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. I'll do it. I'll be your group. Okay. Yes. I'm <laughs> and I'm so excited to have you on here, you know. I think we were talking a little bit before the show started, but 
this is a time in our lives where, you know, we really have this beautiful gift to kind of reinvent ourselves and get to know ourselves better. And it can feel really uncomfortable for a lot of women. And something I admire so much about you, the gift that I think you give is really just the normalization of pleasure and why we should go after it, why it's so helpful and why it's so beautiful for us. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. And you know, that's a big reason why I started my podcast. I remember I was looking around the room at my friends and you know, one of my friends was in a sexless marriage. The other one was freshly divorced and dating again in her forties. I was in a relationship that had some issues and my life was kind of spiraling. Um, I was having an affair with a married man. There was a lot of stuff going on and I just thought to myself, nobody talks about this phase of life. (laughs) And you know, it's okay to not be okay. And I thought if I could reach one woman out there and let her know it's okay to feel this way, things feel a little out of control because I feel like society and the world and the pressures of everything really sets us up for failure, sets us up for failure because they'll say, you know, start your, go to college, start your career, get married, have babies and live happily ever after. But that's not how it works, especially when your kids don't need you as much anymore. And you're trying to find yourself again. It can be a very, isolating and lost phase of life. Yes, I I fully agree with you. And, you know, what I've noticed is, you know, kids these days are encouraged more and more to know themselves. Like we, we weren't encouraged to know ourselves. It was not a normal thing. You know, that's how, like me, you end up being 39 and finally realizing you're gay. Like it's, it's cause we didn't know we weren't, we were like, nope, this is your path. Follow this path. Don't stray from the path and you'll do just fine. Right. Whereas, and I think it's really important to find out who to, you know, to not only, I feel like, you know, deep down who you are, but to truly and fully embrace it. That's, that's huge. That's everything. And that's to me is what real happiness is. And I feel like there's a lot of shame, a lot of judgment, a lot of criticism that you carry with you in your mid to late twenties and then through your thirties. And then all of a sudden you turn 40 and you're like, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me anymore. (laughs) I feel like I'm living my very best and happiest life ever. And I'm 41. (laughs) Yes. I think we're we're the exact same age. I was going to ask you. I don't know why I had this burning need to ask you what astrological sign you are. Oh, a Leo girl through and through. I should have known that. I should have guessed that. I've been super drawn to Leo. So that's so awesome. I love it. What are you? I'm a Scorpio. Okay. So I've got some quiet sides and some dark sides and then, and then what everyone else gets to see. <laughs> so that's and I'm learning them all myself, but that's amazing. So I, you know, I, I shared a tidbit of your story, but I'd love to hear, you know, even more. You talked about, you know, when you just said there, you were coming out of that marriage. What was that experience like for you in, in some of your episodes in your podcast, you did talk about kind of suppressing a side of yourself, you know, was that your pleasure side? Was that, what were you suppressing? I was suppressing my sexuality. I felt ashamed by it. Um, And people judged me for it. So, you know, it's like, oh, you're gross or, ew, that's, you know, why would you think that? I remember, so I got divorced in 2017. That was a long process. And then I immediately got into a long-term relationship. I call him Prince Charming on my show because I really did think he was my happily ever after. Mm. Um, And... To be really honest, I had no business getting in a long-term relationship. I did not heal. I didn't take the time after my divorce. I was craving a safe place so bad after my divorce, and he was that for me. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I remember a story I love to share is how for Christmas, I wanted a sex swing. 
And he was like, ew, that's gross. And I was like, it's not though. Like, why is that gross? And I would just immediately feel shame, like a lot of shame. And so I would hide it away. And then I found myself, you know, and I'm not proud of this and I do not recommend. I did an episode all about affairs. It's one of the best episodes ever because it's really the truth behind it and limerence and yada, yada, yada. But um, I don't know. I just really realized that I have to be who I am. It was like screaming inside of me all the time. And I just, I don't know. I didn't care about the judgment anymore. And I realized that I wasn't happy not being myself because I'm sorry, like having affairs, hiding in hotels, behind closed doors, having these urges um, in the dark isn't fun. (laughs) And it's not easy being out and loud and proud, but once you're there, it's so worth it. And so, yeah, I suppressed my sexuality. I... I hid the, I guess I just wanted so much to explore so much more, but I was afraid of what people would think, what people would say. And then all of a sudden I just stopped caring and just started doing. And yes, you get a lot, you get, I still get criticism and stuff for it, but I'm happy where I'm at. And that's all that matters. Yeah. And you're like, I have this one wild and precious life. Like I'm not living it for anyone but me. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I've surrounded, it's funny, what you put out, you get back. I'm a big believer in that. And when you start to put out these vibes and energies and you're on this like, you know, wavelength of I'm free, I'm authentic, I'm being who I want to be, you attract other individuals like you. So I have a wonderful lifestyle group. I have a great group of sex positive girlfriends and they make me feel so normal. (laughs) We went to a burlesque show two weeks ago. It was 14 of us. We went to... It was a burlesque show and I didn't know it was like kind of like a strip, like a, like a it was like strippers at your table and stuff. Ooh. And me, I'm like, I want balls in my face. Okay. Like, <laughs> like balls in my face. And at one point I'm like giving this guy a lap dance because things got out of control. My friend, she was like, his fingers are inside of me. Like there was all kinds of, and my other friend was like making out with this guy. And I'm like, you know what? This is why I love them, you know, and nobody judges, no, mm-hmm. nobody yucks anybody else's yum. That's a big thing for me. And I so, yeah, like you don't just bring that. <laughs> yeah, don't yuck my yum. And I don't do that to anybody else either. Uh, and another thing I like to do is then I say is I'll try anything once. If I like it, I'll do it again. And if I don't, then I won't. So mm. I love that. That's I, what I've been doing. <laughs> you know, there's, I think like one of our most deepest desires in life or needs to be fulfilled is that need to feel connected and a part of something. So to find your lifestyle friends or your people who don't yuck your yum is a big deal. And you want to hold on, you want to look for them and you want to hold on to them and foster those relationships. My gosh, yes. And I found my tribe and I haven't looked back. (laughs) That's amazing. You know, it's, it's amazing to be around sex positive people. It just says, I feel so accepted. I really do. Yeah. It's great. I'm mm-hmm. so happy for you. When you were, when you were, I asked this because I know, like, I know because of our hormones, like a lot of things are shifting at this midlife age. And, mm-hmm. um, and this is it, like, because of this shift, we are getting sort of uncomfortable and we're actually like science actually shows us that things are shifting so much in our female brain that we can, this is really the time in our life when we can finally even remember past traumas at times, like, or even remember, recognize things that we've suppressed. So this is the time when this starts to happen, but sometimes we still struggle to believe it or even accept it. Did you know, like, what, what did you notice when you started to realize you were suppressing the life you wanted to live? Did you notice it anywhere else in your body? Did you experience it anywhere else where you realized like, oh, I, I simply 
like for me, it was, I, I finally knew like I could just no longer, I could no longer, if I stayed where I was, I was going to become a shadow of myself. Um, and, and so it almost stopped being a choice because I could, I physically was being impacted. I could feel it in my body. My body was starting to kind of fight back. Did you notice any signs inside of you? It's like looking in a mirror, Bria. (laughs) Every fiber inside of me, everything was screaming at me. Like you have to make these hard decisions and make these moves to finally be free and be yourself. I cannot even, it's, it's, it's an intangible thing. I feel like like hearing you describe it is exactly how I felt. It wasn't a choice anymore. Yeah. And I really believe, you know, the universe is going to keep telling you, this isn't for you. This isn't for you. I tried to make my relationship work with Prince Charming so hard. Mm-hmm. I tried to keep suppressing my, you know, my needs and my wants sexually and mm-hmm. nothing, this nothing felt right anymore. And it just got to the point where I knew I had to make, it was really tough to make decisions that I made. And it's very mm-hmm. scary, you know, and I feel like that fear is a big thing. Fear dictates so much in so many people's lives. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified um, to leave my safe and happy place to explore the unknown. Um, but I couldn't help myself. I I remember, I remember I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't think. I didn't have fun working out. Oh I gosh. would go to the park with my daughter and still and not want to go home. Like, And I was just like, I have to make some choices here to be happy. And I knew that meant being single. And honestly, a big thing, I knew I had to heal. Um, taking a healing journey. I talk about it. I started it with a no D diet, which sounds like the opposite <laughs> of what I love doing. But um, just really taking a a mental break in life in every way possible and just starting, you know what, loving myself. That's something I've done for the first time in 40 years. When I was 40 years old, I finally decided to love myself and stop loving everyone else first. And that's been a huge shift. I I think, you know, there's so it's so incredible what you just said there. And I hope everyone who listens, you know, takes that one to heart, like taking time for you to know you is a key part of your healing journey. Yes. What did that look like? What were those things for you when you were loving yourself? So you did this, you know, your no D diet or your no D detox or whatever. (laughs) What, What else? Like what? How long was that time period where you kind of really got to know yourself again? Uh, I feel like I'm still on it. It's been two years since I became single, but so, okay, April, 2021, I really did. I cut out all the toxic shit going on in my life and it was not easy. Um, Really tough stuff and hard decisions and heartbreaking. I mean, I I share a lot of it on my show. You can hear my journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was, I did a 60 day no D diet because for me, Bria, my ultimate go-to was to hurry up and get under someone else, mm-hmm. distract myself with big, beautiful cock, which is my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. But I knew that wasn't healthy to me. That's my drug, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it was a little out of balance. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like a little 60 day rehab that I did for myself. And I like that, that was a very enlightening period of my life. It made me look in the mirror, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What are your actions? What are your actions making? Like, what are the reactions because of your actions in life? And really take accountability for them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have a lot of friends that will complain and say things and they're like, oh my gosh, this, that. And I'm like, 
you know, I love you and I'm saying this out of love, but when you quit your nonsense, <laughs> things will calm down and the world will be start to be quieter. Um, taking accountability, looking at myself, mm-hmm. that was definitely like a good um, rehab period for me. But in the last two years, I'm still loving myself, learning, growing and healing two entire years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to say something What was I going to say about I forgot, I was going to say something about the healing thing. It just it just flew out of my head. But I okay, know we could probably take this in a thousand directions. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> it I works. just I I really think that oh this is something that's huge for me. I stopped looking for happiness in other people, especially men. So I grew up in an alcoholic home. I am extremely codependent. I'm the definition of, by the way. And I realized that I accepted it and I learned, and I'm still learning Mm -hmm. how to put myself first, love myself first. You can't pour from an empty cup. And one thing I am very proud of, and then I can say today is I'm so secure and happy being single. I used mm-hmm. to be miserable. I was scared to be alone. Mm-hmm. And I finally love myself enough to love being alone. And I honestly see myself being alone for the near future, for sure. Like quite a, quite a long time. Like I, I have this, you know, I don't want any legal or financial ties with anyone ever again. Right. <laughs> I'm still working on that. But, um, and I'm perfectly okay with that. I'm like, I could live alone and be happily ever after with myself now. And that's a big shift. Like that's growth, right? I think that's the win, right? Like I kind of think that's the holy grail of of self-love is realizing that you're like, I like me, you know? We go through mm-hmm. we, we we do. We get married when we're young and we devote ourselves to these whatever career we might be doing and we have children and we give and we give and we give. And I have a really clear memory of like, you know, the kids hanging off of me and my ex-husband's being like, I miss you. And I'm like, I miss me. I'm like, I miss me. <laughs> so here we are, you know, like in now finally having that opportunity. And I think when you, when you can go to bed at night and be like, yes, or wake up in the morning and be like, I'm good, just me all day. It's a really beautiful spot to be in. It is. And I wish I could see it for everyone because I look around and and I see people who need self-love and need to go look in the mirror and accept and love themselves. And I like to ask people, you know, who are you? Not only do you love yourself, but who are you? What makes you happy? A lot of people can't answer that question. And that makes me sad. So I feel like midlife is a great time to focus on that. Um, invest in yourself, which makes me sad because I feel like we should do that before, but we have to live and learn. Living and learning is something I talk about all the time. And I love living, I love learning the hard way, <laughs> but not anymore. And, you no know, more. that's, that's this, you know, growth and moving forward is, you know, I don't know. There's something I can tell you, like, just a, a sigh. I have like sighs sometimes where I think to myself, like, I'm so happy. Like I would drive down the road and I'm like, oh, I love my life right now. Mm-hmm. Even when things are crazy and chaotic, which my life 90% of the time is. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, it's okay. Cause I'm good. I'm good with myself, my happiness, things that I love in life aren't dependent on someone else, yeah. just myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's, and I think, you know, I want to just highlight something you said earlier. You're like, you're still learning. I think that for everyone listening, no matter what you're going through, whether you go through like a big thing in your midlife where you realize you're maybe not in the relationship you're meant to be in, or whether you just realize you need to grow so that relationship can work, or whether you need to change your career, whatever it is, it isn't an overnight thing, is it? It really is like growth is a forever journey. So 
you know, much like heavy, even feeling health in your body, like it's not, it doesn't have a start and an end point. It really is like a long-term lifestyle thing. And when we wrap our minds around that, I think it gets a little easier. Cannot agree more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So here we are. We know we, that this is such a beautiful time, you know, in midlife. Um, so you talk about like, it sounds like self-love and really just taking that time to probably be alone is a key part of you know, finding what makes you happy. I loved when you said that because like I was saying, you know, a lot of the times I connect with, well, maybe I'll I'll reverse a little. So what we know about our hormones is that, you know, we're hitting this point and they're shifting. So it kind of ends up being like an added workload on the body, which just means we're in this perfect storm of not having as much tolerance or patience or energy to be able to do all the things we've been doing that haven't been serving us. And so we're just, we're in this place where we're like not doing it anymore. And so something does have to change. And this piece around what makes you happy is a really key point, a really key part that actually actively reduces the cortisol in our body, which helps us with this hormonal shift. So pleasure is really that. And, you know, I'd like to, if we can kind of talk a little bit more about like orgasms. And I know you talk a lot about self-pleasure and, uh, oh, I, yes. <laughs> and I want to talk about that because, you know, if we know that pleasure in its own way, you know, as you find your own way back into like, what makes me happy, obviously there's things in life that make us happy outside of sex and orgasms, but it can be hard and it can be a journey to find those things. So as you're finding those things, orgasming can be this perfect storm that allows you to not only feel better physically, but mentally as well, and get to know yourself a little bit better. Uh, Would you agree? Yes. And it's funny because I'll say things like sometimes I'll start my day and I'm like, I'm caffeinated, masturbated and ready to start the day. (laughs) Or I'll say, I tell a lot of people, I'm like, an orgasm solves everything for me. If even if I'm feeling crampy, which sounds crazy, but an orgasm, oh, but it does. solves my cramps. Yeah, yeah it headache, in, mm-hmm. relaxes it, everything. It's uh, yeah. So and I know I you know people will say, Adrian, how can I get your sex drive? And I do feel like you know I was born with it. I definitely do. But there are many ways to increase it. And a lot of women, I think, are just scared to start trying, especially when it comes to toys. And God, toys are like everything. And I love them. And one thing I do want to share, I don't want to forget to share because, you know, we're all, what is it? It's perimenopausal, right? Yeah. Premenopausal, whatever. This is the same thing, right? Same thing. Menopause, all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're all going through it and I'm conscious of it and think about it as well. And I want to say something. I know a lot of women and even I and my lifestyle friends, we all talk about you know lubrication down there. Mm-hmm. And some women just are like, oh, I'm not even getting that excited about it. Don't be afraid to use lube. I use lube with self-play and with partners Mm -hmm. all the time. And a pro tip, if you're self-conscious about talking about it with your partner, get a pea size, stick it up there a little around the edge. He'll never know. (laughs) He will never know. I assure you, I do it all the time, especially like at the end of a cycle or, you know, when you're just having a day where you're feeling dry, that's a major pro tip, by the way. And, um, I really think self-pleasure is, Yeah. I think self-pleasure is just, it's paramount. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm famous for giving my friends dildos and vibrators for their birthday. And I write, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, feel lot, you'll feel a lot better. 
<laughs> and another way, I know some women, they don't want to watch porn and that's not a way. So read erotica. There are amazing erotica books out there. And that's another way to really get things amped up. Um, I don't know, get things going. It just, it is, it's such a natural release. And it, I don't know, for me, especially it's, it's, it's the way I function. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have an orgasm every day, no doubt. Usually two. That's amazing. But that is an incredible <laughs> way to actually help balance your hormones, reduce stress. Like we know mm-hmm. sometimes people are out looking for more things to do to, to be happy. But it's sometimes it's like you say you can't, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't pour into a full cup. If your full cup is full of shit, then nothing good is going in. So sometimes we really have to rupture, you know, we really have to release what is actually in there. And I think that's what's so great about orgasming is that it not only gives you the release, but then it also brings in the pleasure as well. It's a twofer. Absolutely. And if you're not, you know, I know a lot of people are nervous about using toys or scared to dabble into that world, you know, get yourself a a great beginner toy is a small bullet vibrator. Those are the best. Excuse me. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, They don't make a lot of noise and they're easy to use and you can even use them with your partners too, which is awesome. Uh Um, So a bullet vibrator is a great first toy. Love those. Because some can be very intimidating. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. There's lots of different colors and shapes and sizes of things out there. Have you always had a vibrator or was this something that you started to move into in your own self-discovery? So I had my first vibrator when, and I'm so sorry, my voice is like, I just had a tonsillectomy last month. So I have like weird, I'm so sorry. I apologize. This is real life here. Yeah. Um, so I actually got my first bullet vibrator and my first dildo. I actually am picturing them in my head. I have like a, I just love them. They, they brought me to life when I was younger. I was 18 years old and my friend invited me to one of those like sex parties where you oh, pass yeah. around like a double-ended dildo, all that stuff. And so, yeah, sex toys have always been a part of my life. I feel like once you have them, you're going to have them forever. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> I talk about when a toy dies. I'm like, no, I have to go medieval and use my fingers. No. <laughs> so yeah, I love toys. I love vibrators. I love clit suckers. Those are my favorite. Oh, I am learning things here. I don't know that I've ever had one of those. So we will have to, I'll, you'll have to send me links. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can I, I, I this my is a shameless plug. This is the shameless plug, but I don't care. But tracysdog.com, the OG clit sucker is by far my favorite clit sucker in the world. And it's a true clit sucker. So we've all seen the Rose, right? Rosie. Yeah. She's more of a clit pulser and she's great. Her stick setting is the magical setting, by the way. And a pro tip is use a little bit of lube with her. Promise you this. Do not use it without lube. But the OG clit sucker is the best toy. Oh my chef's kiss. It, it, the best orgasms I've ever had. Hands down. Sorry, men. No, we're definitely going to put the links to this for anyone listening, you know, in the show notes, because I think it sounds like people if they, you know, they're able to get a discount using maybe using your name or Um, Cravers 20. Okay. C-R-A-V-E-R-S two zero at tracysdog.com. And you know what? I'll give you a link to the my my favorite bullet vibrator of theirs. It's super silent and a great beginner toy as well. Okay, so yeah, I love them. I absolutely love them. I'll make sure to put those in in the comment section so they're in the in the show notes so that women can go out and take a look and figure it out. When you did you ever were there any issues in your, you know, marriage with you using vibrators? Like did your did your ex know? 
My ex-husband did not ever know. I was, my marriage was tough. And I was also, you know, basically a single mom in my own marriage. Mm -hmm. And I was raising a child by myself. I'll be honest. That was, those are probably my driest years (laughs) of life. I mean, you know, I was not orgasming every day. I can tell you that. And maybe that's why I was so miserable, but, um, My ex-boyfriend did know about my toys and he was very uncomfortable about them. So I would use them when he wasn't around. I know it was a shame. And, you know, partly it's my fault. I should have been like, nope, this is me. This is who I am. Accept it or let it go. And I didn't. Like I said, I, I, I suppressed it, you know? And so what I would do is I would use them when he wasn't there, um, sneak away and hide them away. And I remember one time he, I I'm famous for having charger charging toys all over my house. (laughs) And he came home one day and was like, there's a sex toy in the bathroom. And he was like repulsed by it. And I just remember thinking like, uh, man, like nothing fit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh man. But anyway, that's a whole, but yeah. no, they didn't really know. I that was something else I hid. Mm. Not anymore, sister. I got I got sex toys all over my walls, like on shelves. I have it's an no, loud and proud, loud and proud. I love that. It's an interesting indicator. I think like when I look pat back on my past, like the because is again, I think our point here is that what you're gonna in midlife, you really almost cannot avoid what you have suppressed. If if you know, mm. if you have suppressed anything, which I think most of us have. And so the question comes down to, you know, are you going to continue down this path of suppressing and and sacrifice the rest of your life to live that way? Or are you going to start to make those changes? And for, you know, if you're in a happy relationship, you hope that you can make those together with someone. But, you know, if you're, if I think that when we're struggling to figure out what brings us joy, we, we really do have to start looking at what are the things that you're hiding, you know, and Mm -hmm. why are you hiding these things? And do you really need to be hiding these things? What if you don't? What would happen? Right. And I love what you said. Like, and and I think I love love and I love seeing happy and healthy marriages. And I know nothing's perfect, but growing and evolving together as a couple, like that sounds amazing. Like one day we can hope, right? <laughs> um, but I also want to say, and this sounds kind of dark, but I don't know about you, but all of a sudden my child turned t- turned 10 years old and I was like, whoa, she's 10 years older, but I don't feel 10 years older. Am I 10 years older? And then, you know, your parents are getting older or your grandparents are getting older and you're seeing like, whoa, life is half over and it's sad and it's scary. It's scary to admit that, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And people will say to me, how do you have a midlife podcast? You're not even midlife. I'm like, but I am. Mm-hmm. And so are you. <laughs> and it's a reality slap in the face of, is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Like hiding dildos and vibrators, something that I love and enjoy. Am I going to hide that? Mm-hmm. Am I not going to get a sex swing and experience that in my life? Yeah. And every fiber, like you said, inside of me was screaming, fuck no. And here I am. And I highly recommend getting a sex swing, by the way. Interesting. We might need to do a <laughs> love them. Other, I might, do you, have you done an episode on, on sex swings? Because maybe I need to go and listen to that to better understand. I've said um, uh, December, 2021. Yes, I did sex swinging into the new year. I talked about my new sex swing and the fun I was having with it. And I have a link on my website to it. It's the best one on Amazon. It's like 60 bucks. Oh, it's a game changer. <laughs> game changer. It's funny because my basement's getting renovated right now. All the workers are like looking and they're looking at me, looking, looking at me. And I'm like, it's a sex swing hook. And they're like, oh, okay. okay. I'm like, <laughs> it is what you think it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. You're like, no shame. Loud. You know, Bria, I went from, yeah, I went from suppressing things to literally like tattooing it across my forehead. <laughs> 
I think sometimes I that's care. the journey. It's like, you just kind of have to open Pandora's box and you're like, I'm not yeah, sure man. again. Like, it's just, this is who I am and, you know, take it or leave it. And and like you were saying, when you come, I think when you really step into who you are, then you end up drawing in the people that are happy with that and are like that too. Not, not the people who want you to stay shut and in the box that you've always been. Yeah. And I talk about on my show too, especially when I, you know, started my show and started sharing my journey and being very open about my sexuality. I lost a lot, Bria. I lost a lot. I lost a lot of friends, close friends, people I never in a million years thought I wouldn't be friends with anymore. And it's tough to accept and realize that, you know, maybe our friendship wasn't what I thought it was, or maybe that relationship isn't as strong as I believed it to be. And um, so uh, I want to say something along with growth comes a lot of loss, but it's okay. There's, there's light and there's happiness Mm -hmm. and you will be fulfilled on the other side. It just, it's that fear. It's that scary feeling of, you know, losing your comfort zone. But I feel like now I thrive outside of the box. I'm like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. What magic's going to happen today? Because <laughs> yeah. we know that's when we learn about ourselves, yeah. about other things is when we collect experience. And you do, I think part of midlife is also realizing that you're like, oh, like it's not all about money. It's not all about, you know, about what, how it things. looks outside. It's mm-hmm. really more about my, the experiences that I get to have. I like to ask people, I like to say, are you living, like, are you really living or are you just just existing? Think Mm -hmm. about that. You know, that's a big question. And really, if you're brutally honest with yourself, a lot of the times it's not going to feel good. Yeah, it's not. Mm -hmm. And I know, I certainly remember like when kids are babies, like there is this element of survive in advance. There is, but at some point you need to, you know, as your kids grow out, grow a little, it's time to, you know, let the birdie out of the nest and really get back to you because that's also how we show our children how to not grow up and be people who suppress things and are codependent. Cannot agree more. I feel like our generation, by the way, Bria, we're the ones breaking the mold. Yeah. We're parenting in a very different world than what our parents, you know, were parenting in. And, you know, there's a lot of obstacles, but there's also a lot of incredible ways that we can share and help our children, like in break cycles and patterns. I know, you know, the Hollister family has been a lot of generations of alcoholics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I tell my siblings all the time, I'm like, look at us, like we're raising our children healthy and happy. And, you know, another thing too, is I get a lot of shame, you know, well, you got divorced and now you're out here, this, you know, slut and, you know, a lot of shame and a lot of, a lot of words. And I say to people, I'm like, yeah, but we're happy. And another thing that's big is even if you are getting divorced or going through, you know, people say, I don't want to break up the home. Mm-hmm. A child only needs one healthy parent to thrive. Mm-hmm. And my child would not have that if I were still in my marriage. So, um, it's a, it's a big deal what, where we're parenting and how we're parenting right now in this completely different world. Cause like you said, we're encouraging our children, like my daughter, I'm like, I want you to be happy. I want you to be you, you know, be successful and kind. That's really the ultimate goal. Yeah. And I just remember growing up being like, I have to be good. I have to go to college. I need to get a good job and get married and have babies. Yeah. And that, that was, was it. our memo, wasn't it? It was be good. Not it sure was happy. like be. Yes. Mm hmm. I agree with you. I think that, yeah, children, I mean, they do what we do and and not what we say, like they're, they're going to see it one way or another. And so if we spend our lives, you know, suppressed and unhappy and putting everyone else first, what do we expect them to do? And especially our daughters. And then what do we expect our sons to expect from their wives? You know, what or expect from other women to do that exact thing. And you're right. It's, 
we are breaking that mold. And I think the more we do that, the more people just become accepting. So I'm sorry you've had to, you've gotten a lot of pushback, but yeah. It comes along with the territory. It does. You're right. It reminds me of that Sex in the City episode, I think, where Samantha Jones is trying to help Smith Jared. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where she's there, if you've ever watched, did you ever watch it? I love that show. Where she, and, and he's all upset because as, as he's growing, you know, the, the first thing that kind of he gets is a lot of flack, a lot of pushback, a lot of troll talk. And she's like, oh, no, no, this just means the good stuff is coming because that's just yep. part of it, right? I think you open it's your true. up. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say something else too, because we're talking about periods and all that stuff. And my daughter is in that age and her friends are getting periods and stuff. And I am so open with her and it hit me. I'm like, wow, I'm discussing tampons and pads and even like maybe birth control in the future about how you can reduce your periods or if you're worried about acne or whatever. My mom never spoke about any of that with me. And so I'm, I'm proud and happy to say that, you know, they're going to be going out into the world with a much bigger lens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what? That's you're so right about that. I mean, we barely got any information when we were teenagers, except abstinence and like your yes, or that weird that. pamphlet in eighth grade. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was it. And and I, you know, so I think that I do think we as women are better at talking about that with our, yes. our doctors. But you know, this and this stage in our life is now another opportunity for us to normalize it, so it's not. So under supported and undereducated is whether it's this or whether it's your journey into your self pleasure or what actually gives you pleasure. We don't know what we don't know. So the more right. we spread that around, the better. I mean, without your podcast, women might not even know what. Like I've certainly learned things on there. I mean, I learned something today about a clit sucker. So you know, it's <laughs> we don't even know what we don't know. Yeah. Ask me, ask away. I love women who reach out to me DMS on Instagram or through my website. They send me an email or, or in TikTok anywhere. Um, I love sharing and spreading sex positivity. And, you know, honestly, that's really what fuels my fire. I really found my passion and my purpose through my podcast. Mm-hmm. And for every hater, I have a hundred women and men and people in marriages who say, oh my God, we loved your sex match game, you know, or that toy was amazing. We brought it on vacation. And, you know, I mean, it just, it makes me so happy. It really does. And it just gives me so much fulfillment in life. And I, it's weird to say that. Cause I'm like, Oh my, I'm like, go have orgasms. Oh my God. I love that. Like my friend today was like, Oh, I'm going to get, my husband's going to get laid today. I'm like, yes, I love that for you and him. Yeah. Um, I just love that. Yeah. You're like spreading pleasure around yeah. like Betty and fairy dust. I love it. I'm like, <laughs> Oprah, but like you get an orgasm, you get an orgasm. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. You need to do like a meme or a reel about that. Yeah, that I should so do. Funny. I should. And I always say too, the world would be a much happier place if everyone would just have more orgasms. I mean, really, you know, yeah, (laughs) it can solve so much. It's, I think for a lot of, I think for a lot of women to also remember, I know you were, you talked about how like we have these concerns around dryness and things like that. And obviously it's a really natural part of our cycle, even before we head into perimenopause, that dryness is a real thing. But libido, I find especially in your like late thirties and early forties really has more to do with just energy and just taking the time to get out of our head and into our bodies a little bit. So agreed and be more confident. Yeah. And be more confident. That's one thing I do like to do on my show is promote confidence in the bedroom, whether it's tips and tricks on how to give a great blow job or, you know, pro tips with using toys or, you know, saying it's okay to use lube. I had a friend who reached out to me and she was like, Adrian, I don't know what to do. I'm really into this guy, but after a half hour into it, I'm all dried up and, you know, I don't want him to think, and I'm like, 
girlfriend, break out some lube. I have lube everywhere. Like, and here's the different kinds and here's what I suggest. And it's just amazing to me. I was like, there's nothing to be ashamed of mm. no shame at all. Mm. And again, if you're uncomfortable with it, there's like things you could do, like stick a little up in there before, or me, I'm like, huh, bitch, pop, pop. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I love it. But let's get it. Let's make it wet. <laughs> I think the idea is ultimately let's get to the point. It's like sex is such an, can be such an intimate thing. And I know you have to feel comfortable in your body and probably comfortable with the person that you're with. So you know, how do you even get to that? How do you get to that point where you are comfortable bridging those conversations? Any thoughts on that? I think a lot of that happens outside of the bedroom before you even take your clothes off, right? Uh, I discuss things. I have full disclosure in and out of the bedroom. And remember, sex should be fun. You should be mm -hmm. having fun. I giggle and laugh a lot in the bedroom. And my partners sometimes are a little taken aback by that, but I'm like, this is so fun. Like there's sometimes I'll lay, I'll, I'll like get on the bed. I'm like, what do you want to do to me? <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> just, I don't know. Just remember it's supposed to be fun. And if you're uncomfortable or something happens, I have a story to share. I don't know if you want me to go there, but I have do a story it. to share that happened this week. Oh my God. Okay. And I was even as confident as I am. I was like, oh my God, did that just happen? And then I addressed it later, but and then I laughed about it. Cause I was like, you know what? Who cares? Okay. So <laughs> and I think I was more a little bit nervous about it because he's younger. I just, I, I'm a big fan of 20 year olds. That's a, that's a whole thing. Anyway. Um, so he was going down on me and it was great. Like I was like, damn. And I was also fired up and like raging all day. So I had an incredible orgasm and I'm a squirter. So I like squirted a little bit and it was just like a full release and I farted. <laughs> it wasn't like in his mouth. Like I was thinking to myself, okay, well, at least he wasn't eating my ass and that happened. So like he like came up or whatever and we, I didn't say anything. Cause I was just like, oh my God. And it wasn't like a big wet fart. It was just like a cute little like fart. And I was like, okay, well that just happened, but it was clear. Okay. It was clear. And <laughs> so no, no blaming the we, dog. <laughs> we, finished, we finished and I was like, and I just sat there and I thought, okay, I have two options. I can pretend like that never happened or I can just say, fuck it. And I go, Yo, sorry about that fart. Like, I hope that didn't get in your mouth. <laughs> like, he was like, it's fine, Adrian. It happens. And I was just like, oh my God. I was like, that's the first time ever. I was like, I'm writing that down in my diary tonight. I'm marking that. I'm calling Guinness, like, first time fart <laughs> during an orgasm. But you know what? Like, it happens and it was funny and we laughed about it. And I actually texted him and I was just like, I hope next time, I was like, I hope it's not too windy next time. I don't know. It was, you know, continuing on. But, who cares? Like things happen. Like, and I was embarrassed, but I'm like, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> it's, these are our bodies. Just have fun, think, laugh. Yeah. It's a, but that's like, it's a really good point. Cause I think that we lose track of like, especially if we aren't in tune with our own bodies, like if you're in tune with your own body and you're accepting of your own body, then these things can be shrugged off and laughed about. But it's when we haven't taken that time or we're so suppressed, like we've suppressed something for so long that we almost have a boundary up between us and us. That yes, I want to share something. You just yeah. like this popped in my head. Okay. So even in my marriage, and I was miserable in my marriage, I would do the whole, oh my God, please just hurry up and get it over with. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I worked all day, took care of the baby all night. And then it was like, oh, well now allow me to satisfy you. And mm -hmm. I know women out there can relate to this and it would be hurry up and get it over with. And the reason why Bria is because I didn't know what I liked. I wasn't 
you know, taking care of me and thinking of my needs. Like I should have been like, Hey, I want you to go down on me first. Mm -hmm. And then I want you to use this toy on me or, or changing it up and making it more about me instead of just satisfying him. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. Something I changed a lot in life over the last couple of years as well. Um, so I've been there and I have been there for sure. Not anymore, but I do get it. And I think if you embrace more and find out more about what you want, like you just said, it's you against you. That's the key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I think that's a, you know, like that's sort of our mic drop moment. I think on this podcast, just, you know, recognizing that like your pleasure matters, but you kind of have to take it into your own hands to know it, to understand it, to trust it so that it can be shared with someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, and again, if you, yeah. Yeah. And if you don't know where to start, you know, reading erotica is a great way self-pleasure, buy yourself a toy, send me a DM on Instagram at midlife craving. I am happy to share my favorites or talk to you about others and give you, you know, tips and tricks. Uh, and I know, you know, porn is shamed upon, but I love porn. <laughs> I love all different types of porn and I can watch movies or whatever, um, whatever gets you going and just go with it. And like you said, like embrace it, truly embrace it. Have you, what do you have a favorite erotica book that you would recommend? You know, um, I just had one with, I'll I'll send you a note. My girlfriends and I just had one. Um, I'm actually in a book club with my lifestyle girls. And so I will share the latest one. I forget that I do not have, I'm trying to think, I don't have like a real favorite. The most reading that I do is all self-help. So Mm -hmm. codependent, no more. Um, I really am a, yes, I'm a big fan of the, um, ethical slut, big fan of that, um, so I'm, I don't do a ton of reading. I'm usually working, podcasting, or momming. Momming comes first, but you know. Um, but that's a great way to start. And there's even a lot of my lifestyle friends, they read erotica with their partners. So like you'll read it and then send it. I'm also a big fan of remembering that foreplay starts at the beginning of the day, right? Mm-hmm. So sext your partner, tease them, like send things back and forth. I mean, that's a huge thing. Mm, that's a great Because it's hard to get started. <laughs> You know, not everyone runs hot like me all the time. And I totally understand that. Yeah. And there's going to be seasons and times in life where, you know, it is harder. But I think, you know, what we're saying here is like the power, the passion, the like almost that re-energizing of life that comes in when you, you know, can enjoy this kind of pleasure. I think when we're starved for pleasure is when we start looking for, you know, pleasure in other ways, like, you know, always being on social media, over shopping, Mm -hmm. alcohol, drugs, like food, you know, food addictions, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I, I mean, I end up saying to my clients, like, look, if food is the only thing bringing you pleasure, then it's, it's time to start looking elsewhere. Right. And yeah, Mm -hmm. such a, I mean, look, self-pleasure is a safe, free, like, you know, perfect way for you to start exploring and getting to know yourself. And um, yeah, you've given us a great gift today, Adrian. Thank you. Foreplay starts at the beginning of the day. So for those of you struggling, you know, maybe trying to find it with your partner. Yeah. Start it with that text. Mm-hmm. And be like, maybe Big fan. Or it's really going to get me going if you come home and do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> That, yeah. And, you know, a lot of my audience is men and I tell them that I'm like, Hey, you know, it's true. Cause it's true. Like, like I was saying with like, how I shared earlier, you know, it's like, I take care of everything and now allow me to take care of you. Like you got to be an equal partner. Mm-hmm. It's not 50, 50, it's a hundred, a hundred. It just really is. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred, a hundred. That's really good. Mm-hmm. So erotica and, you know, porn for you. Is there any other way that you find? Cause 
obviously we know if, if, if getting intimate with yourself or with your partner and being in that mood is, is about a real mental load happening. Is there any other thing that you do on the daily that kind of really nourishes this part of yourself? Create space. I I share, I share with my girlfriends. I share with my listeners. Uh, I have this, I feel like I'm always discussing and uh, promoting, you know, not, I'm not always just walking around like all sex positive all day, every day, but I don't know. I find myself being more involved with things like going to a burlesque show. I mm-hmm. took a burlesque class. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like sharing and just really talking like, I mean, my best friend and I, when we go to the gym, that's what we talk about. It's like, I tried this new toy or, you know, can you believe I farted in his face? <laughs> But then it becomes like that, like like and it's not. Yeah, like just talk about it. Exactly, like just talk about it. You know, exactly. Like it's just, it really does normalize it. And my closest friends, you know, my husband, that you know, my gay husband, he got a sex swing for his husband for Christmas, and he's like, "We love it." And I'm like, "I told you, like just talk about it and promote it." And I don't know, it just comes naturally now. I do feel like it's just a big part of my life, and it's great to talk about. And I can't tell you how many people will say. Oh, I've been thinking about that or thank you for sharing that. And gosh, nobody's ever been so open about that before, you know? Yeah. Amazing. Adrian, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I think that's, you've given some incredible tips to help women, you know, start diving into themselves and, you know, even improving, you know, the pleasure with their partner. So I'm, I'm really grateful for you to be on here. Thank you so much. Tell us again, I know I'll put everything in the show notes, but how is, what is the best place for everyone to find you? Uh, you can find my podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Midlife Craving, or on my website, midlifecraving.com. And I love Instagram. I try to respond to all of my DMs, and that's at Midlife Craving. I'm on TikTok, Midlife Craving Podcast, if you want to get in on my tips. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, that's about it. Awesome. <laughs> and you well, can thanks. email me anytime too. It's on my website. Okay, perfect. So I'll put everything in. Thank you again so much. I, I it's Friday. I hope you have an exciting weekend planned. <laughs> now I want to hear. Thank about you so podcast. much for. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Bria. It's been so fun talking to you. Let's do it again soon. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.